and welcome to episode number 105 of the Random Thoughts Podcast. That's R-A-N-D-U-M-B-Thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill. On today's show, we'll be talking about guitar virtuoso Eddie Van Halen, who lost his battle with cancer. We'll be talking about Trump and COVID, and we'll be talking about a brand new exploit on a device that millions of people right now have inside their home. I just wanted to start out by saying uh, thanks for everybody that's been checking in. I've been under the weather a little bit over the last few days. Nothing serious, but the the good symptoms kind of started out with a little bit of a stomach issue, kind of fatigued, had a low-grade fever only briefly on Monday, just a little over 99, and a headache and a little bit of nausea that's been hanging around for the last few days. I don't think it's anything serious, but we know if you've been following along with the COVID-19 thing that those could possibly be symptoms of a COVID-19. If it is, maybe I'm one of the lucky ones and got one where the symptoms are very minor. I don't know where I would have picked it up because I haven't really been out of the house in the past couple of weeks, although my wife does work outside of the house. And we know from what we've been told that people can have zero symptoms and still transfer the disease. So is that what happened? Maybe. I doubt it. I think it was just a little bit of a stomach bug or something like that. But without getting the COVID test, you just don't know, which is one of the fun parts of the whole COVID thing. There's so much uncertainty going around. We've talked on the show about the CDC, who a few weeks ago put out a statement saying that, hey, yes, COVID-19 can be spread through the air, through an aerosol. And then they pulled that back and they told us that was released in error. That was just a draft released in error. And I asked the question on this very show of, well, most of the time, if you're doing a draft on something, what you're saying isn't usually the exact opposite of what you believed was the truth, which was the biggest problem with that. It wasn't like, well, this was released and it wasn't 100% ready. And there were some minor details that were wrong and it wasn't yet ready to be released. The point was the fact that what they were saying in that particular draft was exactly the opposite of what they had been saying. And finally, the CDC has released another statement again saying that they believe that COVID 19 can be spread through the air, meaning. It can be over six feet, so it can hang out in the air a little bit longer. It's not just transmitted person to person, although they're saying they still believe that is the majority of the cases are people within six feet, person to person, not aerosolized. But the reality is, even after all of this time, and it seems like forever. Although when it comes down to the scientific community, this is just a small blip, but we're still too early in this thing to know the specifics of exactly everything that's going on. But it appears, as we talked about in whichever episode number it was, I need to do a much better job like my buddy Larry over at that Larry show does. 
He always knows what episode he said something in and he points it out. He does a little bit more prep work, I guess, than I do. But we talked about Maurice Tohunt, the dog, the Dutch statistician that said from everything he was looking at it, it seemed like, yeah, this was something that was being passed through the air. And it turns out the CDC months later is finally catching up to him. And unless you've been hiding under a rock, you know that President Donald Trump and a bunch of people in his ecosystem have been testing positive for COVID. Trump spent a couple of nights in the hospital at Walter Reed and has now been released and appears to be doing well, although it depends which news sources that you look at that uh, some are reporting he's doing well. And of course, other ones are saying he's not. And it's all a big lie. But of course, those people are also saying it was all a lie. He didn't even get COVID in the first place. And this was all just a big setup. And it's really getting insane that any little bit of news is politicized to the point that you just cannot have 100% faith in anything at this point because everything is being spun. The mainstream media hates Donald Trump. There's no question about it. Christy Alley of Cheers fame was absolutely right. They should just report that they hate Donald Trump and that should be it. Because what they're doing right now is a detriment to our republic. What they're doing now is just flat out lying. You'll see now how this story is covered with all of these records that have been unsealed when it comes down to the Russian collusion that we spent so much time on trying to impeach a president. Now, it appears that the evidence is clear that this was started by Hillary Clinton. It was known about in the Barack Obama and Joe Biden White House, and it wasn't stopped. It was allowed to go on. It could be the biggest smear campaign ever to have been put out there. And uh, Hillary maybe could be facing some charges. I think she should be. Will she actually see any charges? Probably doubtful. But it seems like uh, she would deserve just a little bit of that at this point. But I wish Donald Trump and Melania Trump well. They both had the COVID. I hope that they uh, are really bouncing back quickly because that is what the country needs. And everybody that has been testing positive for this. We're seeing a lot of data again on this. You can't trust a lot of what you're seeing. But from the sources that seem legitimate, if you've been following the story, it seems that one, about 10 times the amount of people that they believe has had this disease actually have had this disease. So they're undercounting it by quite a bit, which means the amount of people dying from this disease, not the number. But the percentage of people that are actually perishing from this disease, much lower than expected, much lower than being reported. And that's a good thing. I mean, no deaths are acceptable, but we go back through human history and we have plagues and we have things that wipe people out. And when you look at the stats of what's going on, everybody wants to tell you that Donald Trump has been doing worse than any other country, but that's simply not true. If you look at the statistics of what's going on in places right now, like the UK and other parts of Europe that are struggling with COVID, 
But, you know, the people here want you to believe that we live in a bubble and the rest of the world is fine. But Donald Trump is responsible for everything. It doesn't make sense. Because if you listen to this show, you know the United States is based upon a federalist system, which means the states have a majority of the power and then the individual towns have power. So blaming the president for the failures of, say, governors in New York, California, Oregon, Washington doesn't make any sense. But that's what they're going to do because everything's been politicized. It's fairly disgusting, really, when you see the media and the way they're reporting all this stuff. It was really disgusting to see the amount of people with little blue check marks on Twitter wishing the president dead once his COVID diagnosis came out. And they're going nuts about every little thing. I think it was John Cusack who just went nuts because Trump went out and took a five minute drive in a limo and went, I want the secret, the secret service agent. Who's going to protect those Secret Service agents from the president? Uh, Well, one, that's not their job, John. uh, Their job is to protect the president. Two, if you know anything about the way the Secret Service works, they're with the president all the time. So there's a pretty good chance if Trump had COVID, they were going to have COVID anyway, if they're susceptible to it. Although the intriguing thing is there seems to be a lot of people who live in the same household. We've talked about this before, too who don't get it. So it's a weird kind of a thing. But Bill O'Reilly pointed out, and if you're not following Bill O'Reilly at BillOReilly.com for the news of the day, you're missing out because he pointed out something that didn't even hit me at first. I mean, maybe because, you know, I've been feeling a little under the weather. My brain wasn't quite pumping at all, uh, all eight cylinders, if you will. I mean, some people might say that that's not really eight cylinders to begin with. But he pointed out how many Workers, we have the first responders, the paramedics who have been bringing these COVID patients into the hospital when the cases are dire. And he said, as far as he can tell, and he has a research staff who actually does the work, unlike the M5M and everybody on Twitter, it seems. But he has a staff that does the work and they tried to find out a stat like, well, how many first responders have fallen ill from COVID-19? from transferring patients that were ill couldn't find any so if this is happening it's certainly not being reported and we know the mainstream media would want that particular stat to be recorded so that's something interesting to look into i mean hey if you're a journalist out there maybe you'd want to do a story about the first responders and tell us just how many of them if any have been falling sick because they have protection the secret service in the car with trump they had masks on That's they're doing their thing. We were told masks to help prevent this disease. We were told that if a person has COVID, this was just something that was released. You may have talked about it here, or it was on Grumpy Old Ben's the last episode. A little crazy little graphic. It was either the CDC, WHO, one of those usual places put this out that said, well, you know, if somebody is infected and they're not wearing a mask, and they come into close contact with somebody else who isn't infected and they're not wearing a mask, well, then it's a 100% infection rate, which is bullcrap. But the point was taken that if neither one of you are wearing a mask, that's the highest percentage of possibilities of getting infected. And then they went down to if the person that was infected was wearing a mask and whoever they came into contact with who wasn't infected was also wearing a mask, 
only a 1.5% chance of being infected. So when you have Donald Trump in the limo with the Secret Service, both of them wearing masks. I mean, actually, there were multiple Secret Service in the car, but all of them wearing masks. And I'm guessing the air filtration system on the presidential limos is better than that that's in the car you and I drive around in. The chance of the Secret Service agents being infected by a five-minute car ride with an infected Donald Trump was infinitesimal. And we don't know. The Secret Service agents driving them around may have already had COVID. And once you have COVID, it seems like that's pretty much going to make you Superman anyway. So we don't really know. So, But these are what the liberals are doing. This is what the people like John Cusack go out there and lose their lunch over because they're morons, they're twits. All they have is hate. And it's a sad bunch of people. And it really gets tiresome to have to continue reporting on it. But I think it's important up until the election to remember which side you really want to be on. Do you want to be on the side that wishes somebody who gets a deadly disease death? I mean, I would think a a true competitor would want to go to battle with their opponent in the best possible shape they can each be in. And may the winner take all. May it be a fair battle. May it be an honorable battle. Do I feel like a Klingon a little bit right now? But yes, they had it right. There's nothing wrong with being a warrior. There's nothing wrong with doing battle. But how about both sides try to do this in an honorable way? It'd be nice for a change of pace anyway. And then some truly sad news this week came the news that guitar virtuoso Eddie Van Halen, born Edward Ludwig Van Halen, passed away after a battle with cancer. He was 65 years old. He was born in the Netherlands, and uh, he was speaking at an event at the Smithsonian back in 2015. He was discussing his life and the American dream, and he said, quote, we came here, speaking of America, with approximately $50 and a piano, and we didn't speak the language. Now look where we are. If that's not the American dream, what is? There is no doubt that Eddie Van Halen lived the American dream. He was a guy that was musical throughout his whole life. His parents wanted him and his brother to be classical pianists, which, I mean, I can see it. When you listen to the music of Eddie Van Halen and the guitar solos that he did, and the type of playing that he did, which he really revolutionized the way the electric guitar was played. But there is a lot of classical influences, no doubt, in his playing. In uh, 1964 to 1967, each of those years, he won first place in an annual piano competition that was held at the Long Beach City College. Judges would comment that he had an interesting interpretation of the classical piece that he had been performing, and it turned out that he never learned how to read music, but he had such a knack for this, and he had such a mind that he could remember the pieces, obviously, because if you're playing classical pieces to almost near perfection to where you were winning piano competitions as a kid, being unable to read music, that is a pretty amazing accomplishment, if you ask me. 
So he started playing the piano. And did you know the guitar wasn't his first choice? He actually raised some money, was a guy that was working since the age of 10. He bought himself a drum kit. He thought he'd be a good drummer. Go out there and have some fun. Live the rock and roll dream being a drummer. But then he heard his brother Alex on his drum kit playing the solo from Wipeout. So he's playing the drum solo from Wipeout. And uh, Eddie said, "Uh, "Okay, let me let me pick up your guitar and I'll give that thing a try. I mean, talk about the world changing in an instant. I mean, sure. We had the story last week of the Russian officer who saved the world from destruction by not reporting what his computer system was telling them was a nuclear missile attack from the United States over to the USSR. But here's Eddie Van Halen, a guy that was not just a normal guitar player. It's a guy that on down the line, when you're seeing the grief just pouring in from professional musicians around the world. Eddie Van Halen wasn't just a guy who showed up and played a guitar. He really did help create a technique, uh, create his own sound. He uh, had a few different patents that were relating to different things in, in the guitar world, including a device, which if you've ever seen some of the things on YouTube of him playing, you ever see where the little thing pops up from the back of his guitar so he can do that hammer on type playing that he did that he called it tapping where he could bring the guitar more to a flat state in front of him much like a steel guitar would be that was a device that he had patented himself he had a patent on a tension adjusting tailpiece for a guitar and for a ornamental design for a guitar headstock so he wasn't just a guy that played He was a guy that innovated, a guy that seemed to never put the guitar down. And we know it's practice, practice, practice when it comes to something like that. But he could get sounds out of a guitar that were unlike what anybody else was getting at the time. And people are still trying to emulate him today. He said uh, his biggest influences were guys like Eric Clapton and Jimmy Page. and. He's a talent that will certainly be missed in rock and roll. He passed away of cancer. It started in his mouth, and he believes that even though he lived that hard rock lifestyle, he said that his belief is that it was the metal guitar picks that he used, which were made out of, I believe it was brass and copper that he always would have in his mouth right where his tongue, where this cancer started. And the doctors, of course, you can't prove that this is where it started, but they certainly said it was a possibility. And that's where he believed the cancer came from. They removed part of his tongue back in 2015. And unfortunately, the disease finally got him at the age of 65. And again, it's a big loss for all of music for rock and roll. I mean, the one thing when Van Halen came out, it wasn't my cup of tea necessarily. I was more into the, to the songwriters, to the Mark Knopflers, to the Bruce Springsteen's to the Tom Petty and the U2s. And I thought that Eddie Van Halen was just a little flashy and he was, 
but the technique that he had was definitely second to none. And just going back and watching some of the concert footage that is available online, there's no doubt that he enjoyed what he was doing. I think I can usually tell when a musician is phoning it in, and none of the clips I've seen from Eddie Van Halen look like he was phoning it in. He was up there having the time of his life, and that is how he will be remembered. Now, we do have a tech story to touch on because I thought this was a fairly interesting attack, and I thought it was named in a really clever way because it is the Where's the Remote attack, the W-A-R-E-Z, the remote attack. Now, it's something that has been patched by now, so you can rest a little bit easier, but knowing this kind of stuff can even happen is the problem in the first place. We've talked a lot about the smart home devices in the past, whether it be the video cameras, whether it be the smart refrigerators, the lights, all of these different things. I mean, there's light bulbs that have Wi-Fi in them. And all of these things that have access to your internet can access the rest of the things on your network. So we do recommend if you have those devices that are running on Wi-Fi, especially that you set up a guest account on your Wi-Fi or you set up a separate access point in your house. So those devices, whose manufacturers don't always patch any of these exploits the minute they come up. So you don't want them on the same network as your regular computers, as your regular data, just in case one of those devices gets compromised. You don't have to worry about it attacking the rest of your network. Well, this where's the remote attack actually attacked the Comcast remote control. We know Comcast has a really big footprint when it comes to the United States. And this was the voice remote control that is used on the latest Comcast systems. Now, if you have a Comcast device at home, you'll know the one I'm talking about. I had one briefly until we got rid of the, you know, cut the cord. It is the XR11 voice remote control, but it's the device where, you know, they push the feature of you can press a button and say, find whatever. And it'll do a search based on your voice. It's not revolutionary. Now that we have the Amazon Echoes and the series and all these other devices that can tell what you're saying and put them into use in a practical way. The thing is, with these remote controls from the Xfinity slash Comcast device, whatever you want to call it, works on radio frequency, which is great. Because you don't have to point it at the TV or the box doesn't have to be line of sight. Everybody knows the remote controls that worked on the infrared technology. You have to point it at the box. And if the box can't see you or if there's somebody standing in the way, the signal's not getting to the box. But the RF controllers work by radio wave, which means you don't have to have line of sight, which also means Somebody say outside of your house with the proper device can access your remote control. Now, this particular exploit took a little bit of ingenuity to get it going. 
But the device that they used, the hardware they used to make this hack happen wasn't a whole lot of money. I mean, within a few hundred bucks, you could get this. It was basically just an antenna and a little RF device that would allow you to access the remote control. Normally, the remote control would check for an update to its firmware once every 24 hours. And there's really nothing you can do about that. But they found the biggest issue with the Comcast remote was that even if it sent out an encrypted command, it would accept a unencrypted response. So after a little bit of research, they figured out how to tell when the device was asking for its once every 24 hours firmware update. And when that happened, they were able to push it a new firmware update that made a couple of changes to the remote control the most invasive of course being that rather than the remote control which was set up out of the box only to use the microphone when somebody had the control in their hand and pressed that button that they wanted to do a voice search instead of that it allowed for somebody remotely to start that and do a recording. So what they did was they put a new polling part into this that said once every 60 seconds send out a thing seeing if anybody wants to start this recording more or less. And if they did, it would start a recording, go for 10 minutes and then transfer the audio back to the mothership. You still have to be within like 65 feet of the remote control. They said maybe you could get a little bit further with a little bit better gear, but it's definitely within the possibility of somebody setting something up outside your house, being in a vehicle in front of the house, depending on how far it is to the street. And once they were able to do this, I mean, granted, it runs the battery on the device down a little bit. So, hey, if you had a Comcast remote and the battery all of a sudden started going dead, yeah, maybe you were hacked. Probably not, but it's a possibility. But this concept was proven. The voice quality was not spectacular. I mean, it wasn't quite what you're getting from the super microphones on the Amazon and Google devices because the microphones that are in those devices, there's one, usually multiple microphones. They're tuned to try to pick up things further away because they know people are going to be using those devices from across the room as we've talked about in the past we've tested them from one or two rooms over speaking in a normal voice although i may be louder than you but it was able to pick it up now the things the microphone in your remote control not quite that sensitive but they were able to clearly hear what somebody was saying speaking 15 feet away from the remote control so this is just yet another case even if you think Oh, you're smart. You would never have a cell phone in your house. You would never have one of those Amazon or Google devices in your house. None of those talking tubes. You're smart. You have none of those devices around, so you certainly can't get hacked. Well, the box and remote control that Xfinity slash Comcast sent you, there's just yet another foot in the door for the possibility of your privacy to be breached, for your information to get out. and. 
I've said it before. I'll say it again. We're just at the beginning of this kind of stuff as the technology improves, as cameras and microphones get smaller and can run on less and less power for a longer amount of time. Always assume that somebody is listening. They probably are. And as I started with, this particular exploit has now been fixed on the Comcast slash Xfinity end. But who knows when the next one will come along? Always be vigilant. Always be aware of the devices that are around you. And if anything especially starts acting funny, like all of a sudden your remote starts eating up batteries really quick, you might want to try to figure out why. And while I hope your devices aren't listening to you if you don't want them to be, I am glad that you're listening to the Random Thoughts podcast. We appreciate everybody who gives us their time. We know there are a lot of podcasts out there and a lot of different entertainment choices. We appreciate the fact that you're listening to our little podcast. We do work on the value for value model, which means if you got anything out of this podcast, feel free to go over to randomthoughts.com, R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com and send a little value back our way. Our buddy, Sir Lee Mofo, did that on this episode yet again through 10 bucks away, and we truly appreciate that. If you want to get in on the fun again, randomthoughts.com, you can go the PayPal route. You can go the Patreon route at patreon.com slash randomthoughts. You can follow the QR code if you want to do the Bitcoin thing, and you can find a P.O. box address also on randomthoughts.com if you want to go the snail mail route. If you want to reach out and contact me, you can do so at Darren, D-A-R-R-E-N, at randomthoughts.com, R-A-N-D-U-M-B, thoughts.com, or over on Twitter, Darren O'Neill, D-A-R-R-E-N-O-N-E-I-L-L, or the podcast account, Random Podcast, R-A-N-D-U-M-B, podcast. And you can go to our website as well and get an invite, if you'd like, for the Federation for No Agenda Social, which is basically like Twitter but a whole lot more sane and a whole lot more fun, if you ask me. With that said, thanks for coming along on yet another edition of RandomThoughts.com. We'll be back next week to do it all over again. But until then, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening.